1: This is Happiness Solved with America's happiness coach, Sandy Scarlatta.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so happy you're here. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It is my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories. This thing called life can be challenging, and my guests share their amazing stories, wisdom, and life lessons that demonstrate anyone can choose happiness. You see, happiness is a journey, not a destination. I'm Sandy Scarlata, America's happiness coach, author of Happiness Solved. I'm a retired U.S. national and international figure skating coach, A gold medalist in ice dancing. I've been a certified life coach since 2004, and I have been inspiring others to shift their mindset and choose happiness for over 20 years. As we approach the holiday season, please make sure you take the time to take care of the most important person in your life, you. If you find yourself feeling negative, stressed, overwhelmed, or any other negative emotion, stop and take some really deep breaths in through your nose, and out through your mouth. Then I want you to think about everything you have to be grateful for. You can use this exercise to start your day and to reset your day at any moment. Thank you so much for listening, and I am so grateful for you. David Meltzer, I am so excited to be talking to you today. How are you?
1: I'm even more excited to be here. And it just is a blessing to have this platform to speak with you and talk about happiness.
2: Yes. Yes. So you are a legendary sports executive, entrepreneur, and investor. You co founded Sports One Marketing and formerly served as a CEO of the renowned Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Agency, which is the inspiration for the movie Jerry Maguire. Oh my gosh. One of my all time (laughs) favorite movies. What was that like?
1: (laughs) It's the best love story with a sports background. So uh, as a marketing person, it really encompasses why certain films are successful. Besides the brilliant writing that has passed on so many perfect one-liners throughout three decades, uh, it is truly what sports is about, a backdrop uh, to true human emotion uh, which I think Jerry Maguire represents to me and really guided my business to let sports be a backdrop to making a lot of money to help a lot of people and have a lot of fun.
2: Well, I mean, sports, not only is it such a foundation for most people's lives, it, it, it's a demonstration of really overcoming any sort of mindset blocks that you may have, because in order to compete at that level, it all starts up here.
1: Yeah. If you look at what we have control of, sports is representative of the three things to get us through life that we have control of. Number one, mindset. And some sports are majority just mindset. Of course, Mm -hmm. heart set, the way we feel, inspiration, intellect, intuition, motivation. And then finally, the handset, uh, which a lot of people may just Perceive sports to participate in the perception of how well we utilize our hands, our feet, and our head. Uh, but I believe that sports represents taking control of the three things that we utilize in life that we have control of. Everything else we have no control of, but our mindset, our heart set, and our handset.
2: Mm, yeah. Well, I'm a retired U.S. national and international figure skating coach, so I know what it takes to get to that level. But I recently found tennis. And I find I am so obsessed with watching tennis because the level of mindset that is required when you make an unforced error or you double fault, and then you got to get back out there and reset and do it again, It's to me, it's, it's amazing. Um, yeah, and-
1: it's so interesting. I, I, I just started playing tennis later in my life as well. My wife is addicted, and I have a show with Rick Macy, uh, who I'm working on several TV shows with. Rick Macy is the coach of Serena Williams. Uh, Venus Williams, yep. uh, a bunch of uh, Jennifer Capriati, but uh, you know what I've learned from him about life, and I'm working with him to carry forward the lessons that he learned in tennis to more people to impact the world.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's a good segue into your life mess. Mes- your life mission is to inspire over one billion people to be happy. I mean, when I saw that, I was like, okay, you're speaking my language. Because I wrote my book, Happiness Solved, and I started this podcast because I was so disappointed in the way the United States is headed, um, You know, in the way that there's so much division here. So I would love to know from you, as somebody who is the brand ambassador for the world for happiness, and I, there's no doubt that you are going to empower and inspire over 1 billion people. What advice can you give to somebody who's really struggling with the way they perceive everything that's going on? Because as you know, it's a choice. We have a choice as to how we're going to perceive things.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, you need to meet people where they're at. And I spent many years uh, making the mistake of what I call the grass is greener or the coffee cup is half full as you take a sip there. Uh, And, you know, it just for people that are born... With a genetic and energetic inheritance of happiness it's almost unfathomable why me telling you hey just look at the bright side look at your cup half full you know and and i was that guy right when i when i was young because i was born with the happy gene i I am genetically and energetically inheriting a great capacity of joy and you have to first understand that everyone's not there it's the same as sports some people no matter how hard they try will never be good at tennis basketball baseball or football no matter what and in this lifetime and so i think understanding and meeting people where they're at so that we can continue to enjoy the consistent every day persistent without quit pursuit of each individual's potential of being happy And as Mm -hmm. long as we are progressing in a trajectory of what we think we want today, then we can improve upon, we can create progress for, and that progress inherently will have joy in it, right? I told uh, Chris Gardner, who wrote the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness, they had Will Mm -hmm. Smith in that movie, another great great movie, movie. by the way. I I told Chris, who's a friend of mine, I said, Chris, you got the name of the movie wrong. I said, because... That's the mistake that I was making for decades was I would tell people to pursue happiness, to look at the glass half full, to look at the grass is greener, whatever you want to say. And I said, it's not true. But once I started to teach and empower people that happiness is the pursuit. So even if you aren't genetically and energetically inclined with the happy gene or the happy uh, pursuit, if you start pursuing a trajectory of being happy, inherently within the pursuit is where happiness is derived. And so teaching people the mindset, heartset, and handset, regardless of their genetic and energetic inheritance. So an example or an analogy, what I use is, I will never, because of my genetic and energetic inheritance in this lifetime, be a very good basketball player, but it doesn't mean that I can't pursue it and enjoy the pursuit. Uh, and that's uh, where I think the counterintuitive uh, pursuit or happiness lies that I try to teach people, and I break it down into three areas. I find that no matter what your genetic or energetic inheritance is, if I could teach you abundance to make a lot of money, if I could teach you to be of service to help a lot of people, and to enjoy the pursuit to be happy or have fun, uh, you're, you're going to Uh, have that dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphin, a dose of happiness, biochemically at least, given to you. And you, in those behaviors, will aggregate on themselves the same way that cortisol does for those people that don't take this approach.
2: So real quick, I used to be a procrastinator and I was not happy about it, but for months now I have been using this amazing little elixir called Magic Mind that helps me to stay focused and stay on track with everything I have going on without any jitters or crashes. It helps me to go from being in my zone of excellence to thriving in my zone of genius. Magic Mind comes in individual small bottles, kind of like a shot. Each one contains a magical combination of 12 active ingredients to make it the world's first productivity drink. These combined ingredients will help you keep going and stay focused, decreases stress and inflammation in the body, improves blood flow and cognition, and has immune support. If you're like me, I totally recommend you go check them out at www.magicmind.co slash happiness and join a community of go-getters. You can also use my discount code HAPPINESS to get 40% off your first subscription. My 40% off code only lasts for 10 days, so check them out right away. That's www.magicmind.co slash HAPPINESS. The link and the code will also be in the show notes. Now back to today's interview. So when I'm coaching some of my clients and I work with some elite athletes as well, I find that many times they're not willing to be comfortable being uncomfortable, right? Because you know, in order to grow, you have to be, I have to be honest to you and all of my listeners. I didn't even ask you to be on my podcast for months because it was so uncomfortable for me to be, to, to have this conversation, right? Cause this is a little uncomfortable for me. And it's like, you know what? That's okay. I, I got this. I've interviewed over 175 people in two years. I can Not do this, to. right? But that's, that's, it's a little out of my comfort zone. And now that we're having a conversation, you're no different than every, anybody else. Right. But,
1: but... <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment.
2: <laughs> and, and totally, of course, of course you are. And I know that on a, on a logical level, but like, why do you think that so many people are so uncomfortable, you know, being uncomfortable, you know,
0: like yeah, it's. Of
1: course, because we can't overachieve our own self-image and uh, yeah. we're participating in a perception of what others think, and what we think. And, uh, a lot of times we create resistance. I like to break things down. You and I both share uh, a common uh, uh, a common objective of helping performance of extreme athletes. You know the best in the world, and mm-hmm. I break it down real simply. Let's categorize things that you're comfortable with, and I call that the comfort zone. So I draw three concentric circles, and so it looks like. One son over another son over another son. And here's what we're comfortable with. And what we're comfortable with is things that we are very well versed in doing. Riding a bicycle, walking, whatever it may be. The next zone is called the learning zone. And the closer we get to the further zone is the anxiety zone. The more uncomfortable we are, the closer to the anxiety zone is. What we want to be aware of is... Is the activity that we have planned or don't have planned, is it constricting or expanding? Meaning, are we pushing ourselves too hard where, you know, for example, asking David Meltzer to be on your podcast <laughs> should be an expansive uncomfortability right. compared to, uh, you know, you know, I, I don't know what might be un- un- uncomfortable that would constrict you. And, you, you know, if you're trying to get the president of the United States right. on... <laughs> you, you would get rejected so much that it becomes constrictive. And so in the capacity, our objective of uncomfortability is to stay within the context of the uncomfortable learning, not the uncomfortable anxiety. And so when we feel uncomfortable anxiety, let's take a step back into the, the learning zone, because what happens is we stay in the anxiety zone too long, everything shrinks down. This is when you see this in, in, speed, in, uh, in skating, and we saw it recently. You can, you can be in the anxiety zone so long that it actually shrinks your learning zone and even your comfort zone where you can't even get out of bed. You have what's called a nervous breakdown yeah. where what we want is if you stay in that learning zone, pretty soon the learning zone becomes the size of the anxiety zone and what you used to be anxious with now may even enter the comfort zone and now what, you have a whole new level of anxious and you're able to be more productive, more acceptable, accessible and more gracious. So I break it down to raise the awareness of fear, interference, to understand that learning is great, uncomfortable is great, but when we get into an anxiety, we went to a fear, stop, don't resist it, don't fight it, overcome it, out logic it, analyze it, don't deny it, cheat it, lie to it, all the things that people do when they get anxious, just stop, breathe, then remind, remember, and recollect. What is it I want in the trajectory of what I think I want? What do I want? Who can I help? Who can help me and how best to get that done? Now I'm expanding, not constricting my zones. I can handle more and more. My comfort zone grows, my learning zone grows, and my anxiety zone is so far out there that people look at me and go like, how the heck does he do all that in one day? That's because I'm expanding, growing, and accelerating with is synergistic to what the universe is doing as well.
2: Right, yeah, for sure. I call it like building that resilience muscle too, you know, just yeah. just just like you're lifting weights, you know, you're building your muscles. So what, if you don't mind me asking, and, and I have heard your story before, what was the defining moment that put you on this path to be such an inspirational speaker, you're an international best-selling author, um you've got tv shows in production podcasts in production like what is your inspiration because we all need something that just gets us out of bed and keeps that passion going
1: yeah you know for me it was shifting a paradigm from always wanting more you see i was born into a world of not enough a scarce world single mom six kids worked two jobs packed my dinner in a paper bag and I lived in a world of being a victim. Everything was happening to me. There wasn't enough of anything for me or anyone else. And then I made my first million dollars nine months out of law school. And I moved into a world which is common for a lot of especially happy and successful people, a world of just enough, a philanthropic world of everything, though, is a zero-sum game, a trade and negotiation, even giving to me. The more I give, the more I receive. Very transactional, quid pro quo. But it's still a scarce world. And the shift in my paradigm, thanks to my wife who slapped me across the face and said, hey, you're not living the life of your potential and you're not taking stock in who you were and what you want to become. And I'm not going to be around to watch you die and disappoint. Uh, You better straighten your shit out is a paradigm that no longer do I need to get more happy, more healthy, more wealthy and more worthy. Uh, I am that I am. I am happy. I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am worthy. I just had to figure out what I was doing to interfere with it. So no longer was I in a world of not enough, a victim. No longer was I in a world of just enough buying things I didn't need to impress people I didn't like, but I entered a world of abundance. I have faith that I am connected to and through an omniscient, all-powerful, infinite being that loves me more than my mom, And that is always protecting and promoting me. So when I have pain, setbacks, failures, and mistakes in my life, I know something better is coming. I'm being protected and promoted at all times. How could I not be if an omniscient, all-powerful being loves me more than my mom? I just don't know what I don't know. So when I don't get the job, when I don't get the deal, when I don't get the speaking engagement, when I get a mistake or a pain or something happens, I now actually am fulfilled with faith that something better is coming. I just have to learn from it. That pain is an indicator that I have a lesson to learn and I'm participating in that perception until I learn it. Uh, And as soon as I learn it, it's amazing, all the dis-ease leaves me. So I live my life at ease, identifying the fear, utilizing it, stop dropping and rolling into a trajectory of what I think I want with pure faith. And that to me, when I learned how to execute on that, I had to share it with others, especially when I found out that we have a huge happiness problem in the world, that more people are killing themselves, yeah. uh, the fastest growing cause of death in almost every demographic, and that I have a, a cure. I have a, a healing for everyone on how to live at ease and not at dis
2: mm. Wow, that was so incredibly st- said. Um, thank you so much for that. Now, when things happen, because we all have little curve balls that are thrown all way. We, we've got tools. We know them, right? And sometimes it's not as easy. You know, it always depends on the, on, on what the situation is. What do you tell yourself when you're thrown a curveball that you are totally blindsided and you're like, oh, forgot, we're not supposed to say that term anymore. (laughs) I heard on a podcast the other day, but something that comes out of left field and you're, you know, you're like, whoa, how do you? What do you tell yourself so that the listeners can get some some really sound tools, something that they can take away right now, because things happen all the time.
1: Yeah, so I use time as the dependent variable of all matter. So I use time uh, as a quantitative analysis for me for all subjective and objective uh, activities or practices. And so for me, when things happen especially things i call them that aren't planned so we don't have to use the word blindsided or left field it's just (laughs) shit happens that's not planned um i i stop uh and i i see how much time it takes to get back to center see i live in neutral i used to think i wanted to be at the highest highs of all time or the you know that's not i i I live in neutral I i live at peace or ease so I stop, and so my practice is to identify the activities that I don't have planned, the activities, you know, another way to put it is if you wanna make God laugh at you, come up with a well-developed plan. And there'll be all of these things that aren't planned that occur, Um, and the best way to deal with things that you don't plan or anticipate or want in the short term is to stop, breathe, get, get to center. And then I have a practice called reminding, remembering, and recollecting. Mm -hmm. So I remind to the greater mind, I remember to the bigger member, and I recollect with all. And I then say to myself, what is it I want today in the trajectory of a future of empowering over a billion people? Who can I help and who can help me? And how best can I get that done? Uh, Because this thing that has come up that I don't have planned, I now can prioritize it. Uh, only when I know what's important to me, not what's important to other people, which is a big uh, dis-ease that is occurring today is that so many people are so concerned about what other people think Mm. and they're so exposed to what other people think instead of this is what I want for me, not what's missing, not what I don't have, not what other people want for me, but this is what I want for me and I am going to go ahead and ask and help others as well as create the most efficient, effective, and statistically successful way to get it done by doing my best, learning lessons, and having fun. And I use those three things because I do work with the greatest athletes in the world, and so have you. And it's amazing when you give them the clarity and reminder, recollection, and remembrance of, hey, you're just here to do your best, learn lessons and have fun, that even the greatest athletes in the world live at ease and perform better.
0: Mm,
2: Amazing. So I know we're, we're almost out of time, but the one question that I love to ask only certain people, I don't ask it enough, I think, cause I think it's a great, a great question. But if you could have a conversation with your younger self, what would you tell, what would you tell him? What would you tell that little boy, little David? It's so, e-
1: so easy. Ask for help. Uh, I, I tell myself I'm 54 years old. So whether I was four, 14, 24, 34, 44, or 54 asking for help that that is living in not a zero sum game when you ask for help you're not taking from someone you're value add you are appreciating you're acknowledging and asking so ask for help that's what i would tell my young self find the people that sit in a situation that you want to be in and ask them for help and through that you'll be able to help others if you know for me if you help other people get what they want it'll cause a statistical success in your life by building a community of people who want to help you and know people who want to help you if you ask for help for people who sit in a situation that you want to be in you'll accelerate where you want to be and be able to help even more people so asking for help is the secret sauce that uh, took me many many years to learn how to do in fact i think sandy you too difficulty asking for help as you were anxious about asking me to be on this uh podcast and it was just an absolute pleasure to be here and i will be more than happy to help however i can
2: thank you so much well now that i have craig as my mentor and coach oh he's amazing yes he is i've been
1: mentoring him for years and He's one of those individuals that uh, when you talk about elevating others to elevate yourself, yeah, uh, what a blessing uh, Craig Siegel is. So thank you.
2: And just real quick, a funny story. And I know that Austin Kepernick. Ke- yep. He's not going to find this funny, but (laughs) I happened to turn on Instagram and you and Craig were talking and he brought Austin in and I did a screenshot and I sent it to my son. Austin
1: Austin Austin Eckler,
2: Eckler. Eckler. Austin Eckler, see, and I even got the name wrong. No, I'm in fantasy football. And if you're not on my fantasy football team, I probably don't know you, but I sent a screenshot to my son and I said, this is Craig, my mentor. This is David Meltzer, who I'm going to be interviewing next week. And this is... um, this is Austin. And I said, some football player. He calls me and he's like, mom, some football player. He was so upset. He's like, how could you just say he's some football player? He's the best in the country. And it was just so funny, but that's how my son and I connect, you know, cause oh. he's 22 years old at in college. And I'm like, you know, but I told him how the night before Austin showed up at your son's football game. And I, I just, that just speaks volumes at some of these people that you surround yourself with. And it's just, and the fact that your son was standing back and said, no, I get to do this all the time. Yeah. My, my colleague, my teammates don't and that you're doing such an amazing job with that kid. Cause that's amazing for him to, yeah, kid, to know kid, that. Kid,
1: it's beautiful. He's uh I don't know whose kid he is, but I'm blessed to be his dad. So <laughs> I, I wish I could take credit for how wise and beautiful he is and Craig and you, and please let me know. I could be of service or value. Uh, please everyone reach out to me, David at dmelter.com. I'm happy to get my books, guides, exercises for free. I'm of service. I live of service. Please reach out and ask for help. Learn from Sandy. You don't get unless you ask. Uh, it's a value add world. The more you ask, the more value you bring and the more value you can bring. You can't give what you don't have. So please everyone ask for help. Be more interested than interesting. Be kind to your future self, do good deeds. I'll see you soon, Sandy. I'll see Craig tomorrow. I'm going to be in New York. So thank you.
2: All right, David. Thank you so much. Love you. Take care. Love you.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Nick.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Bye-bye. I certainly hope that you enjoyed today's interview. Thank you so much for joining me. And as always, I hope that you and your family are healthy and safe and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness.
0: Take care, everyone. Say goodbye